Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, we talk about maintaining your mindset while also delving into the subject of overtraining. We discuss how to recognize it, when to back off, and when to push through. Okay, Christine, mindset. Am I just being lazy or am I overtrained? That, that's a question in my mind regularly, So, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way, at least question themselves on whether they're just feeling fatigued or lazy anyway. So what are your thoughts on that? Okay, it, it you know it's actually a very serious issue because generally in my experience the people who are actually overtrained just think they're being lazy. Mm-hmm. And the people who are being a little bit lazy think oh my god I'm overtrained I'm doing too much and again you know it comes down to what you are actually doing but it's it's like anything whenever someone the topic of weight loss or something like that comes up it's often the people who are most mindful of their diets who are the ones who think that they are not doing everything that they should because it is a mindset thing like we actually how we see ourselves so a person who's you know incredibly hard working has a fear of being lazy so they feel very tired because they're working so hard and they're like oh no I'm just being lazy I can do this I can do this which is creates a problem mm-hmm. because they can actually be in a major state of overtraining which isn't really that healthy for them so it's something which I have been asked a lot like how how do you know the difference particularly during comp prep And the thing with comp prep is sometimes you do need to go past the point of what is healthy. So if you've committed to doing a competition, there is a very, very fine line between you are going to go through phases where you're overtrained and it's probably not the healthiest thing, but you need to kind of minimize the unhealthy aspects of it, but you're not going to get, you're not going to be super healthy as in I I don't really know how else to explain that other than say that competitions particularly for bodybuilding are extreme anything whether people are doing you know marathons or anything like that there you talk to any doctor they are not a healthy state like you're pushing your body beyond what it really should do so you're going to go through phases where you're not eating enough for what you're doing to your body you are going to be compromising your health in a way, but you've made that decision that that is what you want to do for whatever reason. But you do have to keep that in perspective and try to to minimise the degree of unhealthiness that you put yourself into. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that makes sense. It does. Yeah. yeah. So, but in in saying that, I've, I've looked up um, really like what are some of the key signs that you are overtrained? So you can then make the decision, do I push through? Do I keep pushing? Um, Is this competition right for me? Because there are times where for health reasons, people do pull out of competitions because they have, you know, they have to make that decision. Is this serving me to, to do this competition? Like what is the impact? Am I going to create some kind of long-term health problem by doing this? And is it really worth it? If you're competing at a professional level and there's a lot of money at stake, sponsorships and whatnot, then possibly it is worth it. If you're competing at a, a you know a lower level show, and um, you know you've got your job and your family and everything, and this could potentially lead to a, a long term health problem, then you maybe need you really do need to seriously look at whether or not it, it is worth it. So that you know, but that's some that's each person's decision as to what degree they that they need to take that to or that they will want to take that to. But to help people judge a little bit 
better uh, and to know whether or not, okay, I need to back this off. Maybe this isn't for me because it isn't for everybody. Obviously, the, the number one sign is that you're working harder or working longer, you're doing more, but your results are kind of going backwards. Mm-hmm. And weight loss, again, you know, comp prepping is a classic example where you might have cut your calories, increased the amount of cardio that you're doing and your weight's still not coming off. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a sure sign that potentially you're in a state of overtraining. Sure, I've been there before. Yep. <laughs> when? Many times. <laughs> you don't believe anything I say, do you? No, because it's right. the lazy ones who normally think that they're overtrained. Oh, there you go. Sorry, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll just stop talking, <laughs> shall I? No, no, no. It's good. It's good to have the interaction, but um, you know now it's, it's good for a laugh. Yeah, it, Perfect. it Perfect. is. It's because it's a heavy subject. I'm glad I add value. It, it is a heavy subject, Ash. It's actually very serious. But I think everyone's been there. You know, where you get to that point where you go, do I keep on cutting my calories? Do I have time to keep on doing more cardio without and still get some sleep to get to this competition? And sometimes, you know, the solution actually is to eat more calories. And believe it or not, you'll actually end up burning more, you'll have more energy and you'll end up back in a state of, of weight loss. So it's knowing what to do with that. But that is definitely a sign that, you know, you are in a state of overtraining. If you're working harder, doing more, but your results are just not reflecting the, the amount of hard work. Because normally, obviously, you know, you put more work in and things improve, you get stronger or you see you know, muscle growth or fat loss or whatever it is that you're doing. Obviously, decreased performance, which is linked to that. And that is where it actually feels like you're working harder, but you're actually not. So I guess to put that in perspective of a weight training on your second top weight, but it feels so heavy, you're failing and you're not on, you know, normally you can do a plate aside, but you're doing three quarters and you just feels like so heavy and you can't do it. So that's again, obviously decreased performance. You may or may not have been working harder, but basically you're going backwards. So again, that's another sign that you're overtraining. Now, the big question here is, are you just having a bad day? Are you feeling lazy or are you actually going backwards? The question is to kind of ask yourself if, you know, someone that you love's life depended on you getting that weight up or, um, you know, if you're offered a million dollars to get another rep up or do that heavyweight and you could do it, then maybe you're just having a mentally lazy day. You know, like if you physically couldn't do it, physically can't do it, then that's, you're, you're overtrained. Like there's no two ways about it. But if you're just kind of like, ah, not really feeling it today. I don't really feel like pushing myself. But if there was a great incentive there and you could, then that's being lazy. Right. So that's, that's, kind of a, a test, I guess, to ask yourself when you're in that situation, like, you know, is, is this real or I literally hit the wall on this one? Excessive fatigue, not recovering, you know, from workout to workout. And again, a lot of the time this does happen when you're prepping for a comp because you're on less calories than what your body needs. So you will find that there's that degree of um, recovery is reduced. Obviously you can try using, you know, products like, you know, complete aminos, making so, making sure your nutrition's on point and at the right time. But if just from day to day you're not you're not recovering and you need extra rest days, that can be an, a sign of overtraining. And it is actually a good idea to take those extra rest days because that's how you get through. Like that's how you'll get through to competition, like not making it a habit where every week you're actually training a day less. But, you know, if you are at a point where you're just like, you know, I really, really feel like I just have um, – I have nothing left. My muscles just feel like they won't contract. I can't do this. Then um, you sometimes there is more to be gained to ta- by taking that rest day, and just and you know even though you're essentially you know missed a workout, that isn't being lazy. That's called self preservation. Like that's that's basically a smarter thing to do. Um, but it, it is that thing 
where you have to be you have to be really critical of yourself. Like if you feel like you can't take that day, is it because you're just too obsessed and you're, you have like, you think that by not doing it, you're failing or something. And that's again, that's what I'm saying. People who are very, very driven tend to be very critical on themselves rather than making the smarter choice and saying, okay, this day here is actually going to be beneficial for me because I'm going to be able to recover. I'm going to be able to train better um, because it's all about being able to train properly. And if you continue to decline, it's going to be reflected in your physique. Whereas if you take that rest day, bounce back, then you can train better and harder and then, then you'll be, you will be better. Hey, so surely uh, sleep comes into it as well. Absolutely. That was actually one of the points I was coming to, uh, but insomnia, lack of sleep is it's, it's a symptom of over, overtraining as well as a cause of overtraining. So coming back to my overtraining in the past where you laughed at me, there's probably <laughs> lack of sleep, which made me feel like I was overtrained. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you that one then, Ash. So that would be a really good thing to do too. If someone was, you know, debating, I guess, in their head, is potentially this just me being lazy? Is it an overtraining situation? Do a quick audit on your sleep. Like have you been getting you know, seven to eight hours sleep a night. If you've been down at the four, five hour mark, then you probably have put yourself into a state of overtraining through lack of sleep because sleep is so critical to performance, you know, in physical performance, mental performance, um, your body's performance, how its hormones behave, everything. You know, whilst we're all kind of, you know, see it as a badge of honour of, oh, I got by without much sleep and that, it's really not a great thing to do, particularly if you're an athlete and you're trying to perform and, you know, you're trying to bring out your best. Sleep is critically important. So obviously you get into that cycle where you're not sleeping and you're overtraining and your stress hormones go high and then you let sleep even less. So that's why you'll um, you'll find it very hard to sleep even though you're absolutely buggered mm-hmm. and very, very tired. So, again, that's where, you know, just taking that day sometimes and just even sleeping, um, you do you do have to get quite in tune with your body when you're, when you're training. Like there's, as I said, there's kind of like you've got to get a job done and you have to get that done and you have to execute your training and it's tiring, but it's just knowing that difference between am I now deteriorating my body by continuing to push on and I need to just take this little break so I can be better. It's, it, it's really something that you need to focus on and get very, very in tune with. And also, you know, keeping a diary and keeping a track of maybe what it is that you're doing. Cause sometimes people don't realize when they haven't been sleeping or don't realize when their performance has kind of dropped over a period of time. Like, you know, one, one bad day isn't the end of the world, but if you're consistently over a period of weeks have just kind of watched things slide and deteriorate and, and, you know, performance not as good, then, you know, that's, that's where you know that it's, it's definitely an, an overtraining situation. So like I say, one bad day, you know, isn't the end of the world, but having that little bit of extra rest can be very, very important. But sleep is, um, sleep is, sleep is everything. Like, you know, without the sleep, you don't um, recover, you don't recover, but also your hormones go out of balance in terms of storing body fat, um, being able to lose weight, your immune system, you know, so it, it's connected to so many things. Um, so we shouldn't kind of, you know, as I say, it's not, it shouldn't be seen as a badge of honour to not sleep. And, um, you know, seven to eight hours is the, the amount which research clearly says is what's good. 
more than that isn't good. So don't go sleep nine hours unless, of course, you're so exhausted that you end up sleeping, you know, a longer period of time or you're recovering from an injury or surgery or things like that. Your body will tell you what it needs. But also, you know, if your insomnia has been caused by pre-workouts, and again, this is why, you know, I have a bit of a thing about pre-workouts because sometimes they're putting this, the body into a situation where you can risk overtraining because you're turning off the ability to sleep or you're um, pushing kind of beyond what your body naturally could. So it is just something to be aware of that um, they can kind of mask a problem, but they can also create a problem if, if taken at the wrong time. One of the other ones, which again, this is so close to, close to everyone's heart who has ever competed, agitation and moodiness. People call it, you know, when you're in, I guess, in comp so this mode. This is where I can throw in the battle of the sixes. Uh, I, I think I think both sexes are affected. It doesn't say anywhere in my notes that it's more prone to females. I, I didn't say that. I just or, or males. That. So I'm defending males here. Um, but obviously the the effect on stress stress hormones. You have a lack of ability to concentrate, mood swings, irritable, and this is you know obviously again it's something where anyone who's prepped for a comp has been through this, their partner has been through it. A really good tip from my good friend Brandon Ray is if you're having one of those days, then warn the people around you (laughs) so they don't just kind of get hit out of nowhere because those things will happen. So I I guess what I'm saying is it's natural to be in a state of overtraining when you are getting ready for a comp, but that is something which we accept as being part of the process. And what we do is we try to maximise our sleep. We try to maximise our nutrition our timing of our nutrition, our supplements to, to minimize how much of that there is. And I guess if people have a coach in that, then you also have to trust that the volume of work that your coach is giving you is correct. You know, you have to kind of have some faith that they're not making you do ridiculous amounts of work that is unnecessary. You are, you are putting yourself in somebody else's hands there, I guess, if, if you're doing that. But, um, but yeah, definitely um, we all get a little bit snappy and, and short-tempered when we're yeah, prepping for, for a sure. comp. Yeah, and that's, again, that's tiredness, it's, you know, lack of food. It's, it's also the mental deprivation because you are basically um, depriving yourself of a certain amount of food or the freedom to just, eat whatever you want, which is um, something I think that you kind of take for granted when you're not prepping. Just, you know, go to a party and just be able to grab at a bowl of nibblies or something, whereas you can't do that and that is mentally quite restraining. So that that's a, a big mindset thing there. Interestingly enough, although I never really felt this in comp prep, loss of appetite. So it's um, it, it, it's one of the signs of overtraining, but... I, I, unfortunately, like whilst we got a lot of the other symptoms of overtraining during comp prep, <laughs> loss of appetite wasn't one of them. So, mm. but it, but it, but it is. I, I do know with um, people who do a lot of more endurance type sport, where um, you know a super fatigue, and although actually I've said that, but this maybe is the battle of the sexes. I have heard guys say that where um, you know they have to force the meals down even in prep because it's just like they really don't have the appetite to eat the food that they need to eat because they still need, do need to eat a lot of calories. So um, that could be a, a difference in the volume of the food of what men, you know, male and female competitors and athletes can potentially eat. But um, certainly is a um, a symptom of overtraining that you, you lose that. And then um, another one is obviously chronic and nagging injuries. And, again, that right. begs the question of 
do I just train through this? Is it going to go away or is there a serious problem? And it really, you've got to really, I think, be, be super realistic and maybe err on the side of caution. You know, find yourself a good um, sports doctor to go to and get things checked out because you don't want to create a problem that's unfixable. Mm. You know, at the same time, they, you know, they should be able to tell you whether it's just a, a niggle, how you can best manage it, how you can train through it. You don't want to ignore certain things which are actually like a you know, something's about to snap or or go because that certainly is going to put you out from a competition. Whereas, again, a little bit of, you know, training around certain things, doing alternative exercises or even having a week off of that particular body part might be a better solution and a long-term gets you to the competition. So always evaluating your goal and, you know, thinking about what it is that I'm trying to do and why I do this to determine, you know, how you actually handle the situation that you have. Like, do you, you know, pull up stumps and say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore because it's too much of a risk or, yeah, just push through because it's only X amount of time and if I do this, this and this, I can actually minimise a lot of the issues that are coming with that. So that would be... Um, so so in your career, you've had a point of overtraining in the past? I think um, not Not anything that I've actually acknowledged is overtraining, but looking at that list, yes, uh, you know, coming coming through to competition, um, obviously I have done twice. I've done a major injury coming into a competition, mm-hmm. more than likely through overtraining. And this is why I say you have to kind of be, um, you know, do I live to fight another day? Do I skip this training session? Mm-hmm. And which is really hard for an achiever, right? And that, and that's what I'm saying. The ones who are the achievers generally think, oh, I'm being lazy if I don't do this. Yep. The smarter people are the ones who are achievers and say, no, it is better for me to sit this one out, yep. either, you know, get it looked at or, um, you know, take a rest or drop that exercise out, change around, what can I change to get around this? You know, for example, my last competition, I tore my rotator cuff coming into it and stupidly I should have just not done that exercise but I insisted on continuing to try to do that exercise because I had kind of minorly tweaked it a little bit and I think I got another three weeks and then I really tore it. Like I I knew I'd done something and I really just should have avoided that exercise. So this is why I'm kind of saying in hindsight it would have been way better to do that. I did manage to get to the show doing other exercises so I didn't need to do that exercise and I did get there and nobody could really tell. Uh, I could tell that there was a difference but most people couldn't. So had I just made that change earlier, I probably could have avoided a much more major tear than what I had because the little one was a warning sign. Mm -hmm. So this is why I sort of say from experience don't just kind of go full on like that and I've spoken to... Indeed, you were talking about um, obviously overtraining a specific muscle group but you know like if you were to go back would you would it would you do things differently like um in in respect of just having a day or two out yes and and well that's what i'm i mean this has specifically happened in that my rotator cuff tore but that entire prep was very very grueling yeah yeah so i probably should have backed off on quite a few things and I think I would have had a, as good or if not a better result. So, yeah, there's a lot of lot of things where I would have changed up my technique and not just kind of gone straight out, okay, let's go as heavy as what we can, traditional way of training. I would have investigated more of the time under tension and rep speeds, and I think we have touched on that in the past in some of the other podcasts. Mm-hmm. As far as, um, you know, prepping for a competition, I have been in a situation too where my body kind of hit a plateau of weight loss I needed to get into a lower weight class and by increasing calories it allowed me to have more energy and then hence burn more and then it actually dropped me more. So that increase caused the loss. 
whereas I was kind of at a stagnant point where my body was just not giving up what I needed it to do and I couldn't really drop my calories any lower because I knew that below that point was unhealthy. Um, So that was where I made a smart decision. Good. When it comes to nutrition, I make smart decisions. When it comes to training, I don't. (laughs) But, yeah, but but essentially that was the the decision that I made that I was not going to cut my calories any lower. Mm -hmm because I kind of have a point um, where I know below that point is detrimental to my health. And um, I went and sought, you know, more exp- more expert advice on how to deal with that. Um, their solution was to increase calories, not a huge amount, but just enough. And then that inadvertently lifted up my ability to burn more calories and hence that got the weight loss happening again. So that was a, a you know, a major change that I made um, in a situation where there was overtraining. But, uh, but as I said, in most situations that all there's there's been situations where I have pulled out of competitions because I will say that I've been like mentally fighting with myself. Like every day has been a push, not from a physical point of view, but more from like the diet dietary point of view wanting to do it and if I if some of me doesn't want to do it then it's a very very hard battle to get yourself to do it and to commit to it and to do it properly and in one situation I had pushed through and done it and had a bad showing because you know it's almost like you half of you doesn't want to do it so therefore it you know manifests and shows itself on stage you don't look as good as what you could so on one side of things you almost need the tools to motivate you to go and do it. And on the other side, you really need to recognise that very fine line and when it's time to back off. Yeah. So it's, specific it's, advice around that, really specific. Look at look at what that outcome is. Yeah. Like, for example, one of the shows where I did pull out, it was going for, it was a universe title when I was still amateur. I had won two or three worlds at that point. I'd come second at the universe. I didn't really like the competition when I'd done it previously. I like you know how shows have a vibe. I felt as a female bodybuilder, it wasn't probably the best show. It wasn't we weren't really that welcome at that show. So there was part of that in it. So the loss of not doing that show wasn't the greatest. It was like, yeah, I can do it. I can not do it, but there isn't that much at stake. Mm-hmm. However, the show when I you know, made it through, I you know torn the rotator cuff. I knew it was essentially probably going to be my last competition. Mm-hmm. It was also the first time that the, the competition had been, you know, outside of the Olympia, they had the new Rising Phoenix and all that. And I didn't want to miss that show. I didn't want to not be a part of that show because that was history making. You know, I weighed up, okay, the consequence of pulling out of that is something that I will never be able to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I may never compete again and I don't get to be a part of that. So there was a greater thing at stake for me personally to do that show, whereas the other one was like, okay, this is really just another show. I could probably do it next year. Uh, it wasn't the greatest show. There wasn't as much of a personal loss or yep. to not do it. So I, I'm saying I think people need to look at their own situation. You know, I know people who've lost relationships over competitions and I wonder if they look back and that was like the right thing to happen or whether, you know, they look back and go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I let that happen for this which was pretty much just a competition or so if you're going to pull back if you decide that that's the right thing how long you should should you pull back for and I know it's probably a case-by-case basis but what's a good it, amount of time just in, as a generalization for someone uh, just to take a wee breather nah, there's, there's not a you can't you, without knowing the specific situation uh that the most 
general thing I could say would be the next comp season. Let's say you're pushing too much. What's a good time just to back off? Is it a couple of days and then get back into it? Is it a week? Every no. six weeks, should you take a week off? No, What's I, a good idea? I, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule. Sometimes it might just be as simple as skipping that one workout. Okay. Like that. Maybe all that you need until you feel good again. Sort yeah, of yep. or even, yeah, like you may need maybe need to just skip that workout and then continue on with your process. Like, don't even try to catch that workout up. Just skip it. Yep. Move on to whatever's next in the program. For most people, if they get it early, like they're not in an extreme state of overtraining or anything, but they just like, I feel tired today. Like I'm just feel tired, and they haven't done that last week. Like mm-hmm. what I guess what I'm saying is, if it becomes every week that you're skipping one day, that becomes that you're only training. You're not training five days a week, you're training four. So that definite issue. But if you haven't done that for like three or four weeks and you take one day, that's probably like that's all that you need probably. Mm -hmm. If you've done, you know, six months straight, nothing out of schedule, out of your, you know, you've been training very, very consistently, you know, maybe you need a couple of days. But it really would depend on whether it's injury-based, whether it can be fixed just by sleeping better. If you can't sleep more, then, yes, you do have an issue because you're not going to get away from that problem. Mm -hmm. So it it really is going to depend on what the actual issue is. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, if it's competition, some people will take a week after they've done a competition, just not train, relax, and then come back, get into the gym, you know, a week later. So a week's kind of a, a good thing. I think once something becomes weeks on end and it's not being fixed and the and it's not going away, then you would have to look at, like, if there's a more underlying cause, but should not need more than about a week if you're not, if it's not an injury that's put you out. Like, if it's just a, I'm feeling a little bit tired and a little bit over this. And if it's mental motivation, like, if you're really struggling with mental motivation, then you really do need to question the activity that you're doing, because I kind of believe that, um, you know, like for me and weight training, you know, I, I love it that much that it's very hard to not do it. Like I will take my days and whatever, but I just, I enjoy being in the gym. I enjoy that process. So if it was, if it was a month and I didn't have the desire to get into the gym, I'd probably go seek psychological help because I seriously would wonder what was wrong with me. Like something would have to be majorly wrong. So if someone is at that point, I actually think that they would need to understand mentally what's going on Mm -hmm. Uh, as I'm saying if it's not a physical injury which is putting them out but they've been weight training and all of a sudden they just lose their desire for it Mm -hmm. Um, you know it can be hormonal um, you know because that's also very linked people's hormones can you know lose desire to do different things obviously training be one of those things so yeah I would go get myself checked if um, I felt that that if you know I needed more than a week to um to want to get back into something. Not to say that some people maybe just don't wake up one morning and decide they want to try something different, but they would probably go try something different. Like they won't just not do they won't just decide they're going to take up Xbox and sitting on the couch or something like that if they've been highly active. So if that were like that type of extreme change in mental state, um, then I would be looking a little bit further on that one. So interesting stuff. So mindset obviously is a really, you know, important part important part of any athlete's career and and keeping that under control checking it and just i guess knowing when to back off is is a really key element isn't it 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 really is because it can be the difference between success and failure or success and injury and, and the longevity of your career and taking that little break really can be the secret ingredient for success 
Yeah, makes you hungrier for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, we had a lot of other topics we wanted to discuss, but I looked at the time and I think they are each individual episodes in their own. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, this this particular part of mindset, um, I think that's all I have to say on it. Cool. And if anybody wants to ask questions around mindset, jump onto our Facebook page, Aussie Muscle Guru, fire away, and we'll look at answering them on future podcasts. Most definitely. Words of Wisdom. If you like what you've heard, recognize that these tips, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal international protein customer by jumping online, hunt our product down and hit that buy now button. So once again, like, share and subscribe to our podcast so we can continue to bring you these episodes from our one and only Aussie muscle guru, three times world champion, Christine Enville.